Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Well, we have got the green flag. We have got cars pulling out of their pit stalls opposite the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre, where Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoff, are standing at the moment in air-conditioned splendour, being able to look to our right down the hill towards the final corner turn number 14 to our left and down past the uh, the new chalets that have been uh, built on the start finish line just over to the brow um, can't quite see the slight braking area for turn one but i can see the pick exit light which i've just realized now that's going to be handy uh, during the racing we're slightly further along we're actually on the uh, finish side of the start finish line if that makes sense just beyond the stripe whereas uh, in previous years we've been just uh, about the same distance on the other side. This is normally the booth that is uh, taken up by our TV colleagues, but they're working off-site this weekend. And don't forget, if you're uh, here in the United States or you've got friends who aren't making it to the track, if you're listening to us on the FM uh, around the circuit or on the very impressive PA system, uh, that the main race at the weekend uh, will be live on the USA Network on Sunday. Check local listings for details, I think is the correct thing to say about that. Brian Till will be part of the broadcast crew bringing that to you. Jeremy Shaw, good morning once again. Only a quarter to ten, so 15 minutes before 10 o'clock in the morning. Feels like we've done a day's work already. Um, starting off, this is a full fast Friday that we have here. And the second opportunity for the Pilot Challenge runners to get out on this classic four-mile circuit. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. And uh, it is, the, as you say, the second practice session of the of the week for the IMSA Pilot, Michelin Pilot Challenge. Four-hour race this weekend. One of two long-distance races in a championship, and uh, lots of cars here this weekend. We've got a total of uh, 39 cars in the field. That is uh, 26 in the GS category, GT4 specification cars, and 13 in TCR. We're missing a couple of TCR cars uh, this weekend that we would normally see, uh, most notably the car that won the most recent race of the championship uh, at Lime Rock Park, Mikey Taylor and uh, Chris Miller with their JDC Unitronics uh, Miller Motorsports uh, entry, number 17, Audi, not here this weekend. They've had a whole range of problems over this season. Finally, uh, they had a clean race at Lime Rock Park and came away with a well-earned victory, but uh, that team decided to to, uh, focus its attention on next year. It'll have one of the new spec Audis for the 2023 championship and want to get a head start on preparations for next season so stepping out of the uh, of the championship for the final three reigns, rounds of this year not not going to be racing either here or at vir or michelin raceway road atlanta so we mi- really miss uh, that team uh, tremendous to see them finally in victory lane having been fastest uh, on several occasions this season but just having one problem after another uh, but uh, they'll be concentrating on that new car for next year Talking about new cars, Jeremy, a change of car and a new manufacturer for the number uh, 21, uh, 14th 
uh, as they've gone out the pit lane. Scott Andrews and Anton Diaz Pereira, still with Riley Motorsports, but now with a Mercedes AMG GT4. Uh, that car literally brand new to them for this event. It only made its way in the country last weekend. And so they, it had not even had a shakedown when I was speaking to Scott yesterday at lunch. Uh, so the, the there's a proper... Uh, there's a proper schedule of running in that has to be done that AMG give you in your owner's handbook for that car, which involved Scott driving some very slow laps, pretty much with the hazard flashes on yesterday for the first three or four laps where he could only use 25% throttle. Then it moves up to 50% throttle. You've got to load and unload the the differential on that car. Very specific to, to be done. Not ideal to be doing that here. They accepted that, but Scott kept out of trouble yesterday doing that. They knew what was uh, going on uh, and uh, made sure that everybody was aware. And that was uh, that was completed yesterday. So expect to see that car going a little bit quicker in Scott and Anton's hands today. Anton, who has driven AMG in the past, also had a go in... Uh, Ferrari, if memory serves, at the Road to Le Mans, a GT3 car, of course, that was. And that, uh, that change then being made part of the way through the season, and they'll be dialing themselves into that in, uh, in every way uh, this weekend. Uh, still with Riley and uh, still running the number 21 on that car. Yes, of course, Riley Motorsports, they're used to running uh, Mercedes, so no, no problem for that team, of course. Uh, but as you say, a brand new car, and there's not many, well, there's been a lot of brand new cars uh, in the last couple of years. A lot of uh, GT4 cars being produced by the various manufacturers over the, the last few years. Uh, and uh, certainly interesting, I mean, that you know, Anton had been full in on the Toyotas. He's got two of them. So there's a couple of Toyota uh, Super GT4 cars up for sale there if anybody's interested and it's certainly been a very very competitive car that um, the sister car number 14 car run by the Toyota Gazoo Racing uh, Latin America uh, banner uh, number 14 cars finished on the podium twice already this season uh, but for for Anton he was he found that car a real handful uh, and he and Scott Andrews have had all sorts of dramas with the car uh, this season uh, and uh, last year was a struggle for, for that pairing as well. They haven't finished very many races at all, so I hope for a, uh, a return to the Mercedes ranks is going to give them a, bit of a little bit better fortune. Uh, and uh, certainly you know, Scott Andrews, who's now fully recovered from that bicycle accident he had before Watkins Glen. He was really struggling at, uh, in, in upstate New York there with his uh, left knee, I think it was. Uh, he was uh, unable to left foot brake. He had virtually no movement at all in that in that leg after after falling off his bike the previous week but uh, now fully recovered and that team looking to have a good strong run in that number 21 car this weekend and already Scott Andrews is uh, knocking on the door of the top 10 yeah. in this session not hanging about so, no just uh, a couple of laps only down so far uh, we've got three Porsches at the front in the very very early stages in this session Spencer Papelli fastest in the BGB racing car number 83 shares that car regularly with uh, with uh, Tom uh, uh, Collingwood uh, and also driving the, uh, alongside that pair this weekend is John TC mm. back in action in that number 83 car for this long distance race. Yeah, and let's talk about that in a, in a moment. I just want to remind you all, whether you're here at the track or again uh, outside uh, further afield from where we are this weekend, at IMSA Radio is how you get in touch with us on, on Twitter. And good morning to Joel Nance uh, and his 
brother and father, sorry, I don't know brother and father's names. I met Joel last night whilst we were getting some supplies in, as was he, at one of the local supermarkets. And uh, a BMW fan, he had uh, the brilliant uh, FINA BMW t-shirt on, which uh, I, I noticed straight away. That took me back the uh, and to, uh, the Sorpers, of course, uh, Steve Sorper ran those cars back in the day. Uh, and the, the dark grey T-shirt with the, the outline and on, the, on the front and then the big car picture on the back. The old E30 uh, BMW M3, fantastic uh, T-shirt. Joel's here for the weekend. Bit of a, a family weekend with him and his brother and his dad. We wish you uh, the best. And to all of you who've turned out and uh, voted with your feet and your wallets this weekend... Uh, I know gas prices are, have gone up here as well as they have in, in Europe. So thank you very much for, for celebrating the uh, IMSA weekend with us uh, here at Road America. And it looks like you've uh, picked a cracking weekend uh, in terms of the weather and indeed the potential uh, entertainment on the track. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. Um, some two-driver squads here, Jeremy, some three, but by no means a consensus. Uh, you would almost have thought, well, it's four hours. You're bound to add another driver. That's double the normal amount of time that these cars uh, are on the track. Uh, the minimum drive time for all for each of the drivers, should I say, whether it's two or three, is still 40 minutes. Um, so... Really, the choice has been left to the teams, and it seems that there's, that there's no agreement in the teams on how they're going to do this. Uh, true that, and um, we've got actually only only nine of the uh, f- oh, 39, ca- 39 cars. Yeah, we're missing one, aren't we? I'm not sure. I'll figure that one out, which one's missing uh, in a moment. Um, there are only nine of the, uh, of the teams running with uh, three oh, really? drivers for the, uh, the four-hour race, so... Um, you know, it's going to be hard work around here uh, if uh, for the two-driver teams. Certainly, you know, some of the teams they try and get the uh, the lesser experienced driver out of the car at the earliest opportunity, uh, and um, the uh, number 64 uh, team running in the GS category, Ted Giovanni Snow in Trinkler, at uh, the the other four-hour race this yes. season, which was at Daytona, beginning of the season. Uh, uh, Ted Giovanni's got out of the car after 40 minutes left. Owen Tringler to do two hours and uh, through three hours and 20 minutes and uh, he just about managed it but he was uh, literally oh, almost a dead duck at the end of that he, he was out literally feet, dragging out of the he? car yeah, yeah not a good idea no uh, quite frankly I was talking to uh, Andrew <laughs> Davis uh, actually this morning about what he and Michael McCann are going to do uh, Andrew up in fourth position the McCann racing Porsche GT4 at the moment and he says look we're going to stay we've stayed with the two drivers and it'll probably still be Michael driving the car at the start but you know it, it then there are several different ways to get 40 minutes in and if there's yeah. a if there's a, a an early yellow then maybe Michael will get out maybe he'll stay in it, it just opens up the strategy they feel by staying with two rather than having to have another 40 minutes for another driver uh, we'll discuss that uh, later on uh, Let's head down to Shea Adam, who joins us in the pit lane for the first time after being in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre for us 
uh, for the Lamborghini events. Good morning, Shay. Temperature to your liking this morning? Oh, yes. Good morning, John. I'm waving to you from uh, just across the start-finish straight. We've got a white flag out because of a slow-moving vehicle on that front straight. Uh, but now that's gone back in, and I am down here with Core Motorsports because you guys were talking about having a lot of drive time, and with this extended race period, good morning to Dean Martin and Billy Johnson. Billy, it was a great run for the team the last time out, so I'll start with that before I get into a little more technical things. How good did it feel to be running up in the top three looking for a potential race win with this team once again? That was awesome, but uh, realistically, even though uh, I don't think we've had the fastest car from a rules standpoint, the, the team's definitely performed from uh, a pit strategy and from uh, a car setup and especially work ethic standpoint to deserve a bunch of top fives, but we just had some rotten luck this year. and. At, uh, at Lime Rock, uh, we had some contacts, so we had like an inch of toe out in the left rear, yet we still ran up through the field before uh, that toe out burned off our tires. So, uh, yes, it was great to uh, have that performance up there, and, and hopefully uh, we'll keep having a little bit better luck and our true uh, potential will be seen. Well, and this weekend, it's a longer weekend, so you've got the four-hour race. We've been talking about the strategy to go with two drivers or three. You guys have gone with two. It means a lot of driving time for you during the course of the race, but you're getting a lot of time this weekend as well with the extra time in the Lamborghini. How much has that helped you to jump back and forth between the two cars and get the extra, well, relevant running? Absolutely. So just uh, I've been getting a lot of seat time here at Road America between uh, both Super Trofeo and, uh, and the Michelin Pilot Challenge, so... Uh, that definitely allows me to at least give uh, Bob even more seat time in the car since he hasn't been here in uh, many years. So uh, it's it's going to be exciting. It's great to have these four-hour races. I love that the, the series is mixing it up. Uh, way back in the day, there was all sorts of like really short races, four hours, six hours. There's a lot of uh, diversity within the championships, so I'm really happy to, to see more of that uh, this season, and, and hopefully we'll see more of those in the future. You're a championship-winning driver. You're with the championship-winning team. You didn't get them together, but all with the Blue Oval. How is it to work with this organization? Oh, Dean's awesome. Like We've gone back uh, a really long time, fierce competitors, and uh, honestly, we weren't the, the best friends for a long time, but, man, it's been great to, to drive for him, to work with him. Uh, he's obviously a very talented, uh, brilliant guy, and uh, now that uh, we're to, together in this capacity, like, like I said, just the, the whole team on down to – the, the mechanics and, and everybody involved. Uh, it's just a great group of people, and it's just been heartbreaking that we've had such rotten luck because these guys definitely have been putting in the effort to deserve better results, and, and hopefully we'll be getting some of those soon. Yeah, success is coming soon. Good luck. Thank you. Share Adam down in the pit lane for us this weekend in our bonus coverage of free practice two for the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge. It's the Road America 240 at the weekend. Not had the Pilot Challenge cars or their equivalent, Jeremy, doing the four-hour race here in the past. If you stretch back into the history of IMSA racing with the American Le Mans series, we've had longer races here for the, the top category, uh, the top uh, series uh, of racing. But uh, an, interesting, uh, an interesting change for them meant a slightly less busy weekend for us and some of the rest of the teams at the sale in six hours of the, the Glen. And I think talking to the guys this morning in the paddock uh, and yesterday in the paddock, it's, it's, it's been pretty well received here. This is a good track for a, for a four-hour race, four miles around. Opens up the strategy a lot, not just on the driver 
the driver changes, as we're mentioning, but can't afford to get your fuel wrong here, so the guys are going to work hard on the wall here. Yeah, that's right, with the, particularly with the uphill run oh, yeah. to, uh, the, to the, uh, the pit lane and the fact there's a four-mile track. Uh, yeah, fuel uh, numbers are going to be absolutely perfect here. If you get it slightly wrong, deep trouble. And we, we often, well, relatively often see cars just running out the bottom of the hill, trying to get up into the pits and just not making up that final hill. Just looking at Bob McKaylin, this is his, uh, to be his 53rd start in this championship. Uh, in, in total, going back over the years, driving at number 59 car with uh, Billy Johnson. Uh, he made his debut back in 2006, Bob, but I don't think he's ever driven actually in the, in the Pilot Challenge here at Road America. Just looking back through my records here, which is pretty amazing. Wow. So he's, he's probably raced here in other series over the years, but... Uh, as uh, as Billy was saying, hasn't raced here for a long, long time. So uh, welcome back, Bob. I'm sure he's enjoying it uh, being at this fabulous racetrack. And yeah, that car, yeah, they've had all sorts of bad luck. Uh, both of the core motorsport entries really this season. But the uh, the Fords have had uh, yeah some success this season. It was a win earlier in the year at Sebring for the number 40 car. That was Chad McCombie and uh, James Pezek. Chad McCombie, by the way, not here this weekend. He's got some late model commitments down in uh, in the stock car country down North Carolina. So he won't be doing the final three races of the season. Stepping into that 40 car, though, this weekend is Joey Hand, uh, who's, a, of course, a Ford factory driver these days. So he's yeah. working on the development of the GT3 car that would come on stream for 2024, that being developed by the Multimatic Organization to also develop this GT, GT4 car. Uh, so uh, Joey, who's uh, doing some NASCAR uh, Cup races uh, with Ford and also helping out with the driver development programs, uh, helping coach the drivers on road courses at least in the for the Cup Series as well. But to super see Joey back in this championship, again, he hasn't raced in the Michelin Pilot Challenge since back in the Bimmer World BMW days uh, more than a decade ago. So loving being back in this championship and getting himself up to speed in at number 40 car sharing with James Pezek. And they've had a, a good run in the championship in... in, in uh, in that car they were running up in the top three or four in the championship up until uh last time out they had a crash at uh lime rock park uh, james was involved in an incident there which was really rather unfortunate a uh, fair bit of damage to that car but they got that car back out again and running here this weekend jeremy short john hindorf in the uh, haggerty global broadcast center share adam down uh, in pit lane with plenty of cars out on the circuit at the moment as we've just gone through the first quarter or thereabouts of this one-hour session. Just a look at the times in TCR. Victor Gonzalez racing in the FK7 Honda Civic. And Victor behind the wheel of that car, the number 99 quickest at the moment, with a 2.22.194. In fact, that was last time around. Second is the Honda Veloster, for Van der Steer Racing and Rory Van, Rory Van der Steer in the, behind the wheel of that car in the number 19 in second. Some changes in terms of balance of performance in TCR this weekend. The other Velosters, the Elantras, have all had a ride height change, Jeremy, uh, in terms of the, uh, of the balance of performance. Quite significant, actually. That's right. They've got to raise those cars by 15 millimetres. I mean, generally, if you make a change of one or two millimetres, uh, a right height uh, that can make quite a quite a, a a change to the balance of the car, but 15 millimeters they've got to raise uh, the, the that that car. So that's been a a, a major talking point amongst the TCR field. Uh, there's there's been yeah 
relatively few changes to the bounce performance this season, but there have been a few. The Alpha was slowed down uh, a little, uh, a few races ago. That was, uh, they uh, added some weight to that car. They've already, already added a little bit of weight to the Elantras uh, and also uh, cut their power by a little bit as well. But uh, now it's the, the right height change that has been made to that car. So we'll have to see what change that will make. In the, in the Manufacturer Championship in TCR, we've, uh, we've seen uh, of the, uh, the four manufacturers that are involved in, in, in TCR, uh, all of them have had at least one win this season. One win for the Honda, two wins for the Alpha, one win for the Audi, and three wins for the Hyundai, all for the Elantra. Uh, in uh, three of the last four races, actually, it was the uh, the Audi, as we talked about earlier on, that won last time out in the hands of Mikey Taylor and uh, Chris Miller, who are not unfortunately racing this weekend. Uh, but the previous three races were all run by Hyundai, uh, and the, the uh, even though they didn't win at Lime Rock Park, the 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 Hyundai's did get the fastest race up and had the pole position, so the car was fast there. They just didn't have uh, the luck in the closing stages of that race. And uh, for a change, the number 17 car of Mikey Taylor and Chris Miller did uh, and came through to take the win. But it's, there's been not much to choose between, between each of the manufacturers. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Hyundai and their development team there with uh, John Ward, who is the, the veteran design engineer mm. with that team, uh, what, uh, you know, how they're going to cope with that right height change and make the car competitive. They feel that it... it, it uh, it's through the corners, obviously, that's going to slow them down. It's not going to make quite so much downforce as the car was making previously, having raised that car quite considerably. But other than that, they really don't know what sort of a change it's going to make because that is not a car that has any wind tunnel development behind it. Oh, really? No. no. Well, it's going to sit up more in the wind, so you'd think it would yeah. make a little bit more drag down the, the straights. And there are a number of straights here. The start-finish line is a straight. Then you've got the run down from turn three to turn five, that's effectively a straight. And then the run out of the carousel to Canada Corner, although it's got a, 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 the kink in it um, and, a, and a slight left-hand kink as well, that's effectively a straight. Very interesting. Let's get, go back down to Shear, who is working her way down the Michelin Pilot Challenge pit lane, opposite side of the track to where we are here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. And she's with Alec Udell. Opposite side of the pit lane, too. John, I wanted to make sure it works all the way up, and uh, I thought, you know what else works? Road America, Porsche, Kelly Moss, Alec Udell. You know a little bit about that, so how good is it to be not only back in this championship, but back here with a shot at a win? Yeah, you know, I think it's there's a lot of stuff that can happen in a four-hour race. Uh, right now, we're just focused on the long-run pace, getting David sorted in the car, and uh, we had a good practice yesterday. Obviously, Kelly Moss has a ton of experience at this track with Porsches, and so we're just transferring that over to the uh, GS platform and having a lot of fun doing it. David Brule is a name that we know from the GT3 Cup racing world. How difficult is it to convince him to come and do these endurance races? You know, he was the one that brought it up. And he was like, hey, let's go. You know, I want to put you and I in a car together. I know you're a fast driver. and I know that we can together go and do some fun stuff. So, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for the support from Kelly Moss and from the Archangel guys here. And, you know, we've got a good program going. It's been Obviously, there's teething issues when you jump in halfway through a season, so we've just been working through that diligently, and uh, it's just a testament to all the strong minds involved in the program and looking forward to just getting out on track again and having a lot of fun here in the GS Series. 
you ran here really well last year in the Mercedes, the second place finish. So driving that car to then driving the Porsche this year, does that help you at all since those are the other cars that are really strong out front? Yeah, you know, the Mercedes have been very strong this year. I think we had something to do with that over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, we really enjoyed racing with the team last year with Windward in the Mercedes. And, uh, you know, obviously any time in a GT4 car, any time in a race car is time that's great for a driver. So to have a bunch of different experiences and the platforms is good. You know, the strengths and weaknesses of all the cars. And so I saw some of the strengths of the came in last year when I was fighting against it. And uh, I know some of the strengths of the Mercedes. So hopefully we'll be able to take advantage of those weaknesses of the Mercedes with the strengths of the Porsche. And that's uh, what we'll focus on this year. You guys might be dark horses for the race this year, but a lot of people got their eyes on Kelly Moss. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. And that car yesterday was fastest in the first session mm. with uh, Alec Udell uh, and David Brule, who'll be uh, sharing that car with him. David's driving, as uh, as uh, Alec was saying there, in this session. But uh, yeah, the car is fast, and David is uh, just super enthusiastic. Uh, not in the first flush of use, is David, but, uh, hey, in terms of enthusiasm for his racing, he certainly is. Yeah, yeah, very good. The opportunity to come and race again, enjoying it as... As well he might. Uh, times at the top, still BGB Motorsport with the best time of a 2.16.7. What what time should we be expecting here, Jeremy? Yeah, the uh, the fastest time in practice yesterday was Alec Udell at a, a 2.16.8. The uh, lap record in qualifying, a 2.16.0. That was set a couple of years ago by Nate Stacy in an Aston Martin, 216.096, average speed of 107 uh, miles an hour. The fastest uh, pole time last year was a 216.8 by Dylan McAvern in one of the tournaments what BMW is a 216.886. Uh, the race lap record was set uh, also in 2020 by Corey Lewis in a McLaren. Uh, at a 216.6. The fastest race lap last year was a Mercedes. That was Russell Ward, uh, the teammate uh, or the, the sister car for Alec Udell one year ago. Two minutes 32. Uh, it was wet. Was it wet then last year? I guess it must have been wet for the race. Uh. So, yeah, so that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Aston Martin, a BMW, a McLaren, and a Mercedes, either the lap record holder or the fastest uh, laps uh, here over the last uh, couple of seasons. So coming round to halfway through this session already, just five minutes away from the half distance point. Checking in with some times that are improving. Where's the green on the stage? Matt Plum has just done a 2.17.5. That's the best for Team TGM in that uh, number 46 car that he shares with his brother Hugh. Spoke to Hugh yesterday. Hugh's a pretty... Uh, in fact, that whole team is a pretty upbeat team. Uh, and, but you wouldn't blame that 34 team, Jeremy, for, for getting a, a little bit uh, a little bit upset with the racing gods because they've had no luck at all this season. Uh, they've certainly had the pace in that car. Just hadn't had, haven't had the results to, to go along with it. And uh, I said to Hugh, all right, what did you do? Throw a black cat at a mirror whilst you were standing under a ladder. He said, "I don't know, but we've got to break this. We've got to break this bad luck somehow." And and this could be the weekend. The longer races, things happen in the longer races. Yeah, that's right. And as you say, just about anything can go wrong has uh, gone wrong this year for that team. They've had a uh, yeah a couple of reasonable results, but they could have had a lot more. Mm. But uh, yeah, um, Joe Vardy and the the organisation at Team TGM looking to turn things around this weekend. 
They've slipped down now outside the top ten in the points. They started off the season with, they were, they were in the top six in three of the first four races. But uh, since then, not much had gone right at all for the Plum Brothers. Involved in a shunt at Lime Rock last time out. So finished at the back of the field there. That was instant, I guess. That was instant, I think, with uh, Eric Foss, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, put them... Uh, did uh, a lot of damage to Eric Foster's championship aspirations and now it's uh, in, in the championship it's the number seven car the vault racing Aston Martin the only Aston Martin in the field I oh, know there's two this weekend we've got the uh, zero nine car is back for uh, the uh, automatic racing entry so that's got that car so two Aston Martins I have I have news on that car uh-huh uh, because that isn't the car that practiced yesterday. It is, in f- they had a differential problem, oh. uh, i.e. the differential went foot. Um, and so, fortunately, they had the 99 car in the trailer. Mm. So that, ha- uh, which is the... Plan B. Yes. So, Shea Adam is down there at the moment, actually, uh, looking at uh, the... There's been a, a number swap on the car, but not on the entry list then, Shea. Is that right? Have I got yeah. that the right way around? Yeah, it's still the 09, but uh, instead of Invisible Glass, it now says Stoner Car Care. So it's uh, a car that we're used to seeing, or sorry, the other way around on that. Um, but it is so beautiful. It just rumbled by me on the pit lane, and John, it really did take my breath away there for a moment. We need to see that car more often. I'm a fan. So we wait to find out what kind of penalty they will have for uh, doing, well, a complete car change, let alone chassis yeah. change over the course of the weekend. But the good news is we did not lose the Aston Martin. Hurrah! No, indeed. That, that's, a very good, uh, that's a very good point. Uh, normally, if you change a shell, you've got to swap uh, various components into it. Um, and that clearly hasn't happened at the moment because one of the components I think you've got to change is the driveline, which would have included the dodgy diff, which uh, was rather pointless. I, 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 I'm not aware of how much work it would have been to strip the diff off one car and put it on the other, um, but clearly they decided it was... Uh, I, I'm not an engineer, but I, even I know it would have been much easier to change the numbers on the car than the diff from one to another. Jeremy smiles wryly uh, at me, being being as I am the owner of various cars that we've had to have the spanners out on down through the years and changing a few stickers over much better than getting it up on the ramp and pulling the back axle out. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're not only going to change the stickers, are they? The two cars, zero nine and 99, completely different liveries on those Correct. cars. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just changing the numbers, you're right, that's a lot easier than, than everything else. And I, I presume they must have got a special, special dispensation then yeah. from uh, IMSA and the other teams to, to make that switch. How so, we, how you know, we, good forward thinking there. Yeah, There's no, no point yeah. in uh, you know, parking the car. car was here, so, might yeah, as well great. get them back into the... Yeah, David Russell and those guys are automatic yeah. racing super enthusiasts and you know they'll generally uh, carry their cars around they, they, they race not only in IMSA they race in the the world racing league as well and ah. uh, those cars get uh, you know plenty of work out during the season hello to Austin Hilliard Racing who's tuned in for a uh, a busy uh, day uh, here at the track a oh, short work day uh, for them and they're off to uh, a racetrack themselves actually for the uh, uh, CMP, uh, Camden, South Carolina, just south of uh, Charlotte, uh, Carolina Motorsport Park. So good luck to uh, whatever you're racing there this weekend, HR, at IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch. 
Always uh, good to know what your plans are for the weekend and where you're listening from. How is the uh, how is the Healy three litre, uh, Jeremy? Always oh, pulled a face. Still languishing, unfortunately. Oh, you were so close recently. Well, yeah. just before lockdown, you were so close, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> if only you could see the the the, the face told it all, <laughs> told the whole story. Uh, well. Both of my older cars have been away getting quote-unquote tidied um, recently. Um, I've had one of them back and, and driven that, so that's good. Um, the 968 still to still to come back. Um, the, the bit of tidying on that one, um, the job list slightly extended from what I was expecting. Joys of motoring, as yes. my father would have said. No doubt about it. We are now uh, just over the halfway mark. And uh, last time around, Joey Hand improved for PF Racing. Talked about Joey being drafted into the Ford Mustang GT4 team in that number 40. to 18.7 as, uh, as Joey gets up to speed with that uh, car and with that team. It won't take him long. He did some of the development of the, the street car and that uh, race car as a... Uh, He's never driven the GT4 car until yesterday. Oh, really? Remarkably. Oh, I thought he yeah. did. Yeah, no, no, so did I. Apologies. No, yeah. no, no, no. I know he did some on the, uh, a, a special version of the street car, because I did, I did a video with him at Circuit of the Americas many years ago, and I was the first non-Ford employee to drive that car, because we put Joey in the passenger seat, and he hated <laughs> it. Absolutely hated yeah, it. So he'd never driven the GT4 no, car? He claims not, no. no. Wow. No. He's driven a lot of other Fords, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, not the uh, not the GT4 car before yesterday, and uh, certainly enjoyed it. But he only got a, a few, uh, you know, a handful of laps in yesterday. So uh, steep learning curve for him, as competitive as this series is nowadays. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he just improved last time around, two eighteen point seven. So a couple of seconds off the pace, off the ultimate pace. Uh, but compared to the other Fords, uh, he's what uh, about. Uh, 218.7 Carl Marcelli has done 218.5 in the number 877 car. It's the car that finished third at Lime Rock Park last time out. Sheena Monk drives that car number 8877 for uh, the uh, that's the sister car run out of the same uh, by the same team as PF Racing. Yeah. Jed Brand of so the JG went yeah, with so racing. Yeah, both of those two a little bit quicker than the, the two core motorsports entry, number 60 and 59. Sheena went out on a set of uh, brand new Michelin pilots uh, on her run. Kyle Marcelli's just taken that car over. And in fact, it's just left the pit lane as we were speaking about it, uh, which means uh, we've got a pretty full track uh, at the moment with only a, uh, a handful of cars, about a third of the cars actually in the pit lane. At the moment, uh, in TCR, still the Honda uh, that is leading, although Victor Gonzalez is out of that car. And Carl Whitmer is in that car now. V uh, Rory Vandister, who's been in that uh, Vandister racing Veloster, not th they have not had the the balance of performance change, so they're as they were. Uh, and that number 19 car then in second. And Steve Ike for Honda of America team, H-A-R-T, in another uh, Honda, of course, FK7, the number 89 car in third position as uh, Roy Block has just pitted in the KMW Motorsports Alpha Romeo Giulietta, the number five, fourth position 
there in that category. Great to see the Hart Honda Color yes. 89 back in the field again. Just a limited number of races for this season. Chad Gilstinger and Steve Ike, the regular drivers, joined by uh, the uh, the vastly experienced Ryan Eversley uh, in, as a third driver for this long-distance race. So, so Ryan certainly be super enthusiastic about joining that team again. Had some success there in the past. This is his 119th start for uh, Ryan Eversley in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Made his debut back in 2003, which is actually one year after Chad Gilsinger made his debut. And uh, Ryan series. will be part of the fan forum here at lunchtime, one o'clock uh, in the uh, centre, in the, the Tufta Centre uh, across the other side. Uh, one of seven drivers that I've been promised that I'll be talking to uh, uh, this afternoon at one o'clock. Come one, come all, it's free. Your opportunity to see and speak to uh, some of the drivers from Michelin Pilot Challenge and from our other championships, including WeatherTech as well. Shea Adam is in the pit lane for us. She's doing the talking to drivers at the moment, and she's catching up with Colin Brown. Colin, you're no stranger to driving Mercedes. Now, we've seen the car for Riley all year as a Toyota. Different brand on the front of it this weekend. You're sharing the car with Anton Diaz-Pereira and Scott Andrews. Driving a Mercedes, though, is old hat for you. You win in the GT3 car all the time. How does the GT4 compare? Yeah, it's surprisingly close, to be honest. It's one of the few cars that I've driven, you know, where the GT3 version and the GT4 version are so similar. I mean, seating position, kind of comfort and feel. It's crazy how close they are. Obviously, you know, everything's a little bit slower in the GT4, but the feel is really similar. And, um, yeah, you know, Anton wanted to make a switch. And, um, you know, these guys got the car like Friday of last week, so it's been an absolute thrash for them to get it going. Um, you know, we had to break it in in the first practice yesterday, so we were going around, you know, doing all the break-in stuff. And so really been crunch time for these guys, but, um, you know, proud of their big effort to get it in time. You know, Mercedes helped out getting us a car from, uh, from across the pond. And, yeah, we'll see. It's, you know, one of those weekends where we don't have super high expectations, but we wanted to get it and get going and, you know, start to, uh, to understand it. Obviously, Bill... Riley and his guys have a huge, you know, past with uh, GT4 success in this brand. So um, we had some good notes to look at. A lot of things have changed since the last time they ran it, but uh, we're excited to get going. As from a comfort level as well, you raced the Toyota at Daytona with them. You've been with this organization for a couple of years now as the third driver. Is this a better fit, do you feel, for everybody within the team, uh, particularly for Road America? Ah, that's a good question. I mean, obviously the Toyota's been really fast. Those guys have had really good finishes um, this year. So, you know, hard to say. I think it's more about comfort and fit and feel. You know, Anton seems to be a little more comfortable in the Mercedes. That's a car that he had uh, in, in years prior. So, for me, it's definitely easier. You know, I'm used to driving the Mercedes. I'm not having to jump in the Toyota and figure out all the, uh, the little details of it. So, for me, I like it a lot. It's a really great car. The Toyota was as well. And, you know, I think IMS has done a great job with the BOP on, on all the cars. So, you know, it's not a huge performance difference. It's just more about the little things you're comfortable with. And, um, you know, the Mercedes is a pretty easy, comfortable car to jump in and go for anybody. You know, particularly for me driving the GT3 version, I can jump in this and feel right at home. Does that mean that this weekend's running in the GT4 car is relevant when you're back here in a couple of weeks in the GT3? I think it you can't hurt, right? I mean, more seat time is seat time. And, you know, I love doing these Michelin pilot races. They're a lot of fun. The competition is so tight and packed together. Um, you know, on the GT3 side, it gets tough sometimes with how aero-dependent those cars are. Making passes, making moves is, is a challenge. But, man, on the GT4 side, you can just, you know, follow and race. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I really like the series.
Okay, we were talking earlier about two drivers versus three drivers for this endurance. Obviously, you guys, the three-driver lineup, how is that going to be an advantage? Well, you know, I think it gives us a bit of an advantage in that middle stint. You know, obviously, um, with the drive time minimums and, and you know, just the uh, length of the race, given the physicality of it, you know, it would be a lot to have Anton do the minimum time and Scott do the other three hours and 20 minutes. And I don't think he even can by the rules. So it just takes out a little bit of, uh, of that middle stint time when, you know, hopefully we can make up some spots um, with me in the car and, and turn it over to Scott in a, in a decent, you know, position. Um, so, you know, it's, I don't know, it's tough. I think if you have the right lineup with two, it's probably fine. And I think if you want to bring in a third and mix it up a little bit, um, you know, I think for us, we've been working together, the three of us, for the last handful of years and, and doing testing and different things. So for us, the fit's pretty easy. Um, you know, I was able to jump in the car and on my first lap. I think I did like my best lap time. So, um, you know, so again, you feel comfortable in the car right away. And it's, you know, I'm not taking up a lot of seat time for anybody. I can just kind of plug in that middle stint and, you know, I just drive what Scott likes and Anton likes and off we go. And then you get ready for the P3 car. Good luck with uh, both races this weekend, Colin. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good to have Colin back in the uh, in the paddock. Always very positive, and I mean, just such a quick driver down through the years in whatever you put him in, yeah. Jeremy. I mean, we talk about plug and play performance accessories. That normally means chipping the car and getting another forty horsepower. Well, you know, plug and play here is putting Colin Brown into a car. Yeah. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? And uh, just just got a great attitude all around, Colin. He's been around the sport a long, long time now. His, his father, of course, is the. Uh, you know, he, he's also driving in the in the uh, in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship race on Sunday, so he's a busy boy this weekend. And his dad, Jeff, will be the engineer on the Core Autosport Ligier that will be driving in the main race on Sunday. So yeah, Colin's got. Uh, Great family background here. Lots of experience nowadays. I mean, I still remember him when he was part of that Team 16 at Daytona mm. many, many years ago. When he's, how old's Colin now? He's, uh, he's uh, 33 now. He can't be. So I've, known, I've known him. Even I've known him for more than half of his life, which is uh, pretty remarkable. But uh, yeah, great, great, great. Still a young man and uh, tremendously enthusiastic and super fast as well. Because he was part of the overall race-winning team in the WeatherTech Series uh, several years ago with uh, Colin Bennett, who is still driving this weekend. They won in 2017, I think, didn't they, in the, uh, in the P2 car? 18. 18, yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. 18, but uh, Shea told me that. Don't think that I got that out of the top of my head, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, 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 17 or 18. <laughs> close enough. Second in the championship that year yeah. as well. Um, and, you know, as I say, really good driver. Billy Johnson has just improved in the number 59 core motorsports Mustang. Uh, down to a 2.16869. Also, just putting the, their best lap in, Turner Motorsport, Bill Oberlin in the number 95. That's a 2.17 as well, 2.17.3. Pretty tight at the top, though, between BGB and uh, Turner, just 0 0.038. Then about a tenth back to Billy Johnson, who's just made that improvement. Uh, and then uh, another tenth and a half back to Car with Perrigan in there. Porsche 718 GT4 RS in the pits. Oh no! In fact, just gone back out again. Tom Dyer's taking that number 93 car out. TCR no change. He says as he looks down. No, absolutely not. And Alec Yadell's just improved in the Porsche 718 GT4 of Kelly Moss uh, in the number 66 car. He took that out what a couple of three laps ago. Uh, just down to a 220 now, point zero one nine. 
So still some time out there on the track with uh, a different third of the uh, traffic in the pit lane now. The, the number of cars out on the track hasn't changed much, but we've had a few cars cycling in and out. In comes the Hart Honda. That's the red, mostly red car with the, uh, rare, the, the white and black stripes through it. Couple of track limits penalties at turn one that have been called recently. Just reminding us that that's been looked at, and pit lane speed violations as well. Warnings if you are not over by very many. The latest to fall foul of that was the Capstone Motorsport Mercedes AMG, the number eleven. Chris Wilson's just taken that car out. I suspect that was on the way in. It was only plus one, so that gets a warning for now. Of course, there is no grace in terms of being over the pit lane speed limit when we get to qualifying in the race. And pit lane uh, and uh, track limits as well at places like turn one, one or two other places, turn five uh, as well, uh, Canada Corner as well they will be looked at and if they go outside the white lines there you will get that lap in qualifying invalidated and do it enough times and you'll get the black and white flag and be told to come in for a drive through not that many places here where you can uh, go off track and gain time but certainly turn one is one of them take a lot of turn. Yeah. you know that, that i remember when the the gravel used to come all the way up to the edge of the the track there which you know some some of us oldies would say, well, that was much better. But the, the danger is that the car goes in sideways and starts to roll. So there's a bit more asphalt runoff there these days. Plus, uh, it, it, you just make a slight mistake there. You get stuck in the gravel. It's going to bring out a red flag Correct. every single time. So, yeah. Correct. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I certainly agree with the, uh, with the, with the theory there of... Uh, laying more asphalt on the exit of turn one it certainly gives you a, a, an opportunity to make a mistake and get away with it without serious consequences as you say though if it happens in qualifying or if it's uh, if you gain an advantage by using that runoff then you will be penalized for it so uh, yeah I, I hate the whole notion of track limits but uh, common sense prevails particularly there at turn one here at road america the only thing I would say about track ah. limits, and this was explained to me by Eduardo Freitas now, as well as being the FIA WEC um, race director, he's also Formula One race director, a, 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 a post that he caught or, or has with uh, Nils Wittich. Um, he said to me, look, we can let people go outside the lines. Yeah, of course we can. Um, but if we can police it, we should. And one of the reasons that we should do it is that the track safety depends on the cars, generally speaking, being inside the lines. And if you're letting them regularly go outside the lines at racing speed, you compromise the safety uh, structures, etc., of the uh, of the areas outside the track. And I hadn't thought of it like that before. And, of course, Eduardo being tremendously... Um, sensible and always having the the safety of the competitors and indeed the marshals and the track workers in mind so that's something i think possibly isn't considered um as as much as we should do when we're talking about about track limits um it can it can ruin things uh, 
on both sides of it. I, I think what the most things that I've heard drivers and teams say, Jeremy, is look, if you're going to enforce it, enforce it, but be consistent. Yeah, yeah, that that's the thing. And and if the if the they were trying out some new technology at Spa actually last weekend um, in the 24-hour race uh, for automatic uh, track limits violations, um, and they've done that at places in the UK in the past. Um, the, the problem with that is it doesn't take circumstances into, into consideration. And if you're actually pushed off there or whether you gain advantage, because it should always be, and if you're a marshal, if you're a corner worker, you're a judge of fact as of right, pretty much. And if, you know, it's always been explained to me by the marshals that I speak to is it's about gaining an advantage. Do you gain an advantage of either time or distance? And if you do, then it should be a penalty. If you don't, then it doesn't matter. Exactly. That's why I hate the automated things. Yes. Um, change. You, did, did you mention Billy Johnson jumping up I into did. third position? Yes. Yeah. That's uh, certainly good to see. So it's now Porsche, BMW, Ford at the top. Number 83 car. That was the time set by Spencer Pompelli very early on. 216.724. Uh, 216.762 for uh, Robbie Foley. It was, I think, in number 96 BMW for Turner Motorsport and now Billy Johnson in the Core Motorsports Ford Mustang GT4 car number 59 216.869 those are the only cars in the 2 minutes 16 bracket at the moment uh, looking down no other major changes down the front Carl Whitmer though has just improved his time that car number 99 Victor Gonzalez racing team Honda Civic TCR, fastest in the class already, but Carl from Canada just got a little bit quicker than Victor did a while ago. Uh, the other Gonzalez is in second position at the moment. That's number 19 car, but that was uh, Rory van der Stur who set the car in uh, the uh, Hyundai Veloster, the older Hyundai, as John Heinthoff was saying earlier on. The, the Hyundais for the Brian Herder Autosport organization, which are a six in this race, the all Hyundai Elantra ends a newer model car. They're running with a higher ride height mandated by the balance of performance for this weekend. But the v Veloster, the older car, not subject mm. to that uh, restriction for this weekend. So it's second fastest at the moment. The Alpha in third position. Second of the Hondas for Honda, Amer Honda American Racing Team in fourth position. And now up into fifth goes Carl Ranieri in the uh, w one of two uh, Technigard and, and was it bit, what's, what's the team name these days? The uh, excuse me, the running two cars, the uh, uh, Bell Garden Technicial, isn't it? Racing yeah. running two cars, the, the Rockwell Auto Development, otherwise the family run team out of New Jersey, running two cars this weekend, number fifteen and the number eighty-four, uh, and the uh, you can. The, the cars are identical, really attractive, sort of blue, green, and white t color scheme. Uh, one of them has pink uh, wing mirrors, and one of them has silver wing mirrors. Uh, I made a note of those yesterday. Which one's which? Let me try and find out. Andy Blackmore spotted guide. Uh, yes, indeed. Down <laughs> download <laughs> print. Yeah, that's exactly Needs right. That, that stuck on. While you're looking for that, Jeremy, uh, news of some... Uh, 15 is silver. 15 silver. Yeah, okay. 84 is... Let's uh, go back down to Cher, who's uh, still a Team TGM. 
Uh, a very short run out for Matt Plum in the number 46 Porsche here. What was going on there? Well, they did a wing adjustment, John, and uh, it was the rear wing. It looked like they took some out. Matt, you came back in what seemed like the next lap around. Taking wing out didn't really help, did it? No, not so much. <laughs> I mean, the point is to always try to go as fast in a straight line so you don't have to work so hard in the corners. And uh, there's a point in which you, uh, the returns just don't come, and it becomes a matter of lift instead of uh, downforce. That, that's never a good thing. You don't want to be an airplane. You would rather be a Porsche. It's a lot nicer. Now, we were talking about all the bad luck that you guys have had this season. There, there needs to be some kind of an exorcism for the team. Yeah. But for you and your brother, coming to a place like Road America, where there's been so much success in the past, is that a bit of a, a boost to you guys? Yeah, no, I mean, I love Road America. I love coming to Wisconsin. But, you know, the good news is, the good and the bad news is Hugh and I are both old and have been doing this for a long time. So we've been through kind of the ups and downs and the hills and valleys of racing and the unfortunate reality is that there's more valleys than hills so you just have to ride them out and if you're not willing to there's always badminton or horseshoes you're not in a, a championship contention this year so you don't have to worry about that the pressure's off it's all about getting the race wins and this team was so strong in the four-hour race to begin the year does that help you guys out that this is an endurance race and hey you're good in endurance yeah no for sure i think um Hugh and I uh, like the longer races as far as the conditioning aspect of it. But, you know, our, our, our uh, goal is to just do as good of a job as we can at every race. If, if that means we're winning, that's great. But uh, for now, we're just continuing down that line, trying to help develop this car for next year. You're right, we're not in the points, but we expect to be next year. Good. It's a, it's a long-term goal. You've got the future ahead of you. You've got your eyes set. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the... It's so nice being with veterans that are on this team that have that big kind of big world uh, perspective. Uh, keeps the wheels on the bus. I'll start looking for lucky pennies for you guys. Good luck oh this weekend. Gosh. I mean, we need something. So whatever you find, I'm good with. <laughs> uh, they're not in championship contention. They should be. I mean, that that is a, a team and an organization that knows how to win, knows how to win races uh, and championships. And th those are two drivers very well matched who are quick enough to be in the sharp end of the points pretty much at every race. That run of results that they've had uh, after the first race has taken them out. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, they're out of contention now, but uh, still going for the wins here. And, uh, talking about whether an exorcism is required there, <laughs> one of the Porsche teams did exactly that on the way up here. Uh, really? They stopped off at a truck stop in Illinois. Uh, they've had all sorts of bad luck with their cars this season. This is a top racing entry in the, in the uh, Porsche Carrera Cup North America, presented by the Cayman Lions. And uh, they, yeah, stopped off at the truck stop, and they got the got the cars and the, and the transporter and all the equipment inside, blessed by the local pa uh, local uh, uh, pastor there, who uh, was thrilled to do so. And uh, that team hoping for better fortune this weekend. Purely by chance, by the way, it was just a. Spur of the moment decision by the, by the, uh, the, the truck driver there. He just say, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's try that. May the speed be with you Absolutely. and also with you. Yes, Brilliant. excellent. Very good. Very good indeed. Well, look, you know what? Uh, there's superstitions abound in sport, and motorsport is no different yep, yep. Uh, for that, whether it's individuals or teams. Uh, I know people who have worn the same socks uh, to the track uh, on race day. But I, I put my gloves and my boots and my socks on the same way every time when I go racing. Um, 
more because I'm getting old and I would forget something than superstition in, in fairness. Uh, at the top of the timing, we have a new quick time. Uh, not sure what uh, Cold Motorsports have done, uh, whether they've been um, beating the drum or whatever, but they have uh, got the new time and it's a good one. It is indeed. Luca Mars goes to the top, a two sixteen point five nine five. Then by the by the youngster there, too young to take part in the first race of the season at Daytona, but uh, he, he he attained his sixteenth uh, birthday. Did Luca in um, in uh, early March? Uh, that was uh, enabled him to take place to take part in the first race, the second race of the season at Sebring. Uh, and he's been uh, he's, so he's done five five races this season. That team did not make the trip north of the border, uh, but uh, had five starts. I guess they actually didn't go to Lime Rock. Did they go to Lime Rock as well? Yeah, they were back. Yeah, they were back for Lime Rock. Yeah. So five starts this season, and and Luca generally has has been t- qualifying among the top five or six. So he's showed speed in several races from Pennsylvania. Is Luca Mars, and here he is at the top of the charts this morning here at Road America. So that's a very much a feather in his cap. And uh, both of the f- the core motorsports Fords end up in the top four at the moment. Number fifty nine car in fourth position. I had a question uh, come in, Jeremy, a- about top racing. Um, does uh, does that uh, that blessing by the pastor does that count as outside assistance? Well, I presume only if it happened at the track. Yeah, yeah. it didn't. So <laughs> it should be fine. Yeah, o- o- on the way here. <laughs> Omnipotent assistance. Uh, assistance. Yeah. Yes, divine divine intervention. Uh, I tell you what, if they start winning this weekend, there'll be a whole lot of teams yeah. knocking on that door and saying, where was that exactly? There's no doubt on that. Uh, inside the last four minutes, uh, and that is the most recent of changes, Thiago Camillo for Riley Motorsports in the Supra uh, has uh, just done that car's best time, a 2.17.5. That sits in ninth position overall and therefore in GS. Tom Dyer's just taking the car bomb with Peregrine. Porsche 718, that's the grey car with the green accents, as Nate Stacey has now just taken over the core motorsports car that we were talking about. That's the number 60 machine uh, that has the fastest time at the moment. Uh, Sam Owen has just improved in the hard point, number 9 Porsche, uh, in uh, his class in the uh, GS category. Uh, Nate Stacey, of course, series champion a couple of years ago in... um that was an Aston Martin, wasn't it? Sharing the car with uh, Kyle Marcelli. Uh, now driving the Ford for Core Motorsports. And um, it's for the same team, actually, who run, won the championship back then. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a, a very fast combination there with young Luca Mars and, uh, and Nate Stacey. Who's Nate, Nate, he started racing at the age of 15, did, uh, did Nate. And had a you know fair amount of success now over the years. He's now a uh, you know, a grand old veteran at the age of 22 from Owasso in Oklahoma. And Nate Stacey driving that car is fastest at the moment. He's just for the final two or three minutes of this session. So uh, this the practice session qualifying uh, to come for the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge. Uh, and that will be later on today. And it turned my piece of paper over rather quicker uh, than that. For our four-hour race. Uh, 
we will have qualifying. Actually, qualifying must be tomorrow morning, is it? Yes, it is. Of course it is. Uh, first up tomorrow morning. So no time to make any errors tomorrow for the Michelin uh, Pilot Challenge TCR and GS runners. Uh, it'll be TCR at 8 o'clock local time in the morning. Man, that's a stiff cup of coffee before you go out and qualify, isn't it? Yeah, so this is this is the only action of the day, isn't it, for the Mission and Pilot Challenge? Yeah. Today, they had the, the one session yesterday afternoon, this session now, uh, and then, as you say, qualifying first thing in the morning, and get ready for the race tomorrow afternoon. So Which starts at a quarter past one, one fifteen, four hours then, uh, till one fifteen, till 5.15 local. And uh, don't forget, if you're outside the... US, uh, you can watch it flag to flag via uh, IMSA TV coverage on uh, imsaradio.com. Hit the live video button. If you go there now and scroll to the bottom of the page, uh, you'll see all of the sessions that we're covering uh, over the weekend, today, tomorrow and Sunday. And if there's a little TV icon, then for most of you, you should be able to see those. There's one or two exceptions, of course, uh, on the the big race at the weekend. That's on USA Network here uh, in the United States. So tell your friends, family, etc. If they're not at the track, they will be able to watch on USA Network on Sunday morning uh, and uh, tune in for that. But for the single manufacturer championships uh, and for qualifying for IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, uh, wherever you are in the world, uh, we'll be able to bring that to you in sound and vision. Here in the States, you can still tune in to us on IMSA Radio uh, as well as here at the track on FM, which uh, from memory is 87.9 uh, on FM around the circuit uh, throughout the weekend. Check and flag is out on this free practice two session. So it'll be Core Motorsports who have the fastest time unless there's somebody coming up the hill that can beat that time at the moment. Let me see who is out there at the moment. I'm not seeing anybody right now on the split times who are doing anything. So let's go down to Shea Adam, who is stalking Luca Mars down there. We've talked about him for quite some time, Shea, in the uh, Edomitsu Mazda MX-5, which we're here uh, a few weeks ago as part of the NASCAR programme that was here, and that was a cracking lap, 216.595 for young Luca. Yeah, Luca, top of the charts to end the second practice session, going into qualifying, it's exactly where you want to be, isn't it? Yeah, I got a great lap in there, got a nice little draft up the hill, gives us a lot of confidence going into qualifying, know we have a fast car now and into the race, so hoping we can uh, do the same in qualifying. Mustang seems like a solid platform for this racetrack, but how different is it from the MX-5 Cup cars you're used to driving? Yeah, definitely a different aspect here, especially it's a four-hour race, my first four-hour, so I'm looking forward to it a lot. That's a good point, because you didn't run at Daytona, of course. So, four-hour race, how do you change your training regimen to get ready for it? So, yeah, depending on the strategy, one of us might double stint, me or Nate, so you have to be prepared mentally and physically for that, because it's going to be really hot on Saturday, so I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Sharing the car with the series champion and Nate Stacy, how much has he been able to help you this year? It's been awesome having Nate alongside me to help me this whole year. He's helped me out a lot, and I'm glad we can be at the top of the charts here this weekend. Luca, good luck in qualifying tomorrow and then the race. Thank you very much. Talks as quick as he drives yeah. as well, fitting a lot into a short interview there. Good attitude. Though right at the end there, a little whoopsie out on the circuit. A problem for Rob Eklund in the automatic racing Aston, which came 
to a halt there. And we also had an off-track moment for which car? The number 33, it says, uh, on my timing Ooh. screen. Mark Wilkins. Which is the Mark Wilkins Elantra. And that car is travelling back, but slowly, uh, to the pit lane. In fact, it has made it to the pit lane. So a couple of little dramas at the end there. Um, That's the car that had a couple of wins and a pole position in the last three races. Sharing Mark Wilkins, of course, shares that car with uh, Robbie Wickens. Mm. Had his first pole position at Lime Rock Park. They had some uh, misfortune towards the end of the race. They didn't get the result they uh, they were looking for there. Looking for a third win in a row. But, uh, yeah, there's a problem there for that number 33 car. Thanks to Cher down in the pit lane and Jeremy here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. The car's coming back through to the pit lane now. And uh, just I've got a spurious message there for a moment. I was just pausing to see if someone had gone through the chequered flag twice there, but no. They had not. Uh, thank you to you for listening, whether you're here at the track or around the world. Uh, Jeremy, just before we go. Just uh, just see the number 28 car that, uh, that was, was in very much in championship contention with Stephen McAleer in this championship uh, in the early part of the season. Won the, the opening round of the season, of course. Another couple of podium finishes as well for Stephen. That car not here this weekend. Uh, and uh, they, they had to miss... The race at uh, Canadian Time Swap Park, which put them out of championship contention. So that team is just focusing uh, on uh, opportunities for next year for the RS1 team to get back into Michelin Pilot Challenge. So that is the car that we were missing here this weekend. So just wow. 26 GS cars. And uh, thanks to, for Stephen McAleer to getting back to, to confirm that to me. So Stephen, of course, he's still going to be running in the uh, the main race this weekend. Leads that championship as well, yep. uh, does Stephen, in the... Uh, Team Courthoff Motorsports Mercedes that will be driving in the session coming up shortly. Uh, which we'll have for you on IMSA Radio, RS2, around the world via imsaradio.com and around the track here on the pier and 87.9 FM. Jeremy and I are going to take a little breath, uh, but we'll be back in plenty of time here on IMSA Radio to cover that next session here on a full, fast Friday. See you soon. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.